Welcome to the Old Souls and Seekers podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. If you're anything like us, you've been around and around the personal development and mindset block quite a few times. You've read the books, watched the videos, attended the seminars, and even worked with a coach or two, and yet you still find yourself searching for more. You may even feel stuck or that you should be farther along than where you are right now. And after doing over a decade of mindset work, we've come to this realization. Mindset work is like a small hit of dopamine that distracts you from your true work. You get these little hits of feeling better only to be met with the same underlying conditions and patterns over and over again. Now, mindset was an important part of your evolution as well as ours, but it hits a plateau and now you find yourself ready for that deeper layer of growth and expansion. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're ready to get off that Ferris wheel. This podcast is only for those that are ready to dive deep and do the real inner healing work. For those that are ready to move past more information into actual experiences. If you're looking for more understanding, then you've come to the wrong place. This is a home for old souls ready to fully embrace and remember who they truly are. Ready to make a profound difference in their lives and in the lives of others. So welcome home, dear one. We're excited to be part of your journey. Everybody, it's nice to have you. Um, If it's your first time to the party, let us know, please. Meaning if you're first time here, let us know that it's your first time. If you are new to MMI, new to our community, new to any of the awareness effect programs, you can also just let us know that you're whatever it is you're participating in. We just kind of want to always get an air of uh, where you're coming from, where you are in the programs, or if you're not in any at all, that's totally fine too. Just kind of getting a pulse on the room. I can hear my baby and they're discovering his high-pitched voice. I cannot. I know. I know you can't. I don't know I'm if others kidding. can because of crisp. But no. I, re- I realize that crisp really only um, does uh, what's it called like true noise cancellation if you're wearing headphones. Oh, interesting. By the way. Cool. It works, so it works Gina, just fine. Yep. Gina L2, Jeanette L1. Amazing, amazing. Thank you for being here. Um, we're going to have a, uh, a nice orderly discussion about everyone's favorite topic, uh, which is money. <laughs> that was funny, Sierra. I don't think we've ever heard that one before. Is there a level zero? We could, we could develop one. <laughs> this is level zero. This is level zero. You're, you're here now. Welcome to level zero. Uh, <laughs> Marilda's an MMI. That's awesome. Gina Sauer. Hello, everyone. Just started MMI love it that's awesome we're happy to hear that Gina. there's lots of genus here today oh there's two genus here today um also doing mmi and alex franklin that's great guys yeah we're uh we're continuously excited by um the feedback we're getting on the whole um mmi ecosystem um, it's been really 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 cool to put that out there really cool to get the uh the feedback um and see just how impactful it's been and it's it's given a a doorway to a lot of people into this work that probably otherwise would not have had it so 
Uh, Natalie Woodcock is here. Nat, nice. I just want to tell you, I'm very proud of you. I've just been tracking you online. I see yourself, you know, putting yourself out there a lot more. I know that these are things that going back a year or two, I expect we would have never seen you to do those things. So I'm just, uh, I feel pride every time I see you um, online expressing yourself. And uh, Natalie's a really, really vigilant worker when it comes to this work. And she hasn't had the easiest of life circumstances. And so, um, you know, she's a, a testament to perseverance every single time I see, I see anything with you, Nat. I'm always like, uh, this woman is, <laughs> puts herself through it, you know, to, to really um, elevate herself and liberate herself from things that have long since um, tangled her life and mishaps. So it's really cool to watch. I really want to honor you for that. I meant to actually uh, message you. Uh, privately this last week, but I have been dealing with <laughs> ongoing health concerns for about eight days straight now. If <laughs> mess with my mess with my world quite a bit. So, um, all right, everybody. So yeah, good to have you here. If you are new and you are like, I don't know who these two guys are. I don't know what I'm doing here, and I don't know what it is that they offer. Uh, simply put, we are a um, Elon and myself have been in development of a. I mean, I, I hesitate to call us a personal development company because it's so not who I feel that we are anymore. But um, over the last 12 years, we've, we've coached tens of thousands of people, uh, really anywhere from the facets of mindset um, and also into um, what we think is more deep and richer work, which is the work and healing work and energetic components. And but there's so much in this world, like even this before this call every other week we have a call with our coaches and it's just like, we just like bob and weave into so many interesting facets of human psychology and human energetics and how to meet people and the, the struggles and complications of relationships. And there's like, there's so much richness in that. And, you know, as I say those things, it can, it, those things can feel heavy, but weirdly enough, like as we discuss them as a community, they always feel like kind of fun and light and interesting. And I'm always like, Look at all the stuff that's going on. <laughs> look at all the stuff that's going on. Like, look how rich human experience is. And even like that's kind of the point of this whole thing to some degree, is like even in the suffering, even in the challenges, like there is inherent beauty in the fact that humanity, this species, has this awareness that allows us to experience so many different deep and rich experiences, even if that is sometimes grief or sadness or overwhelm, scarcity, stress. And I get it. Nobody wants to be there. Um, and we can tell you from working with that, everybody goes through it. It's some, some variation of that, you know, like even those of us who have the most amount of success and seem to have it all put together and all the money and all the things you have no idea. You have no idea their health challenges. You have no idea their interpersonal challenges. You have no idea about those things. So it's like, yeah, maybe they have wealth down. Maybe they have a lot of money. Maybe they have choices where you don't have them. But like in all these other places where maybe you have a lot of richness and abundance in your life, maybe in your familial life or in your health, um, you know, it's not an issue. Like I always like to think to myself, whatever I'm stressed out about today, I have a question I started asking myself. I said, if my health deteriorated tomorrow, would the thing that I'm worried about today worry me tomorrow? And if the answer to that is no, then I, I'm i like, then it's, then it's probably a figment of my imagination that I'm worried about right now. Because we all know that when health goes out the window, 
the problems of today become very small tomorrow. And so it's like, okay, then what is making that big? Right. And so, um, if you are interested, if you're somebody who's interested in getting rocking with our programs, we make it super easy. We have a $49 enrollment into our MMI program. MMI is short for millionaire mindset immersion. And there's a, a slew of programs over there that you can uh, be, be a participant in and they all culminate in a two day live event, which is actually coming up this Saturday. So whether you're somebody who's interested in um, starting with a online digital program, or you actually want to come to a live event and you haven't been to one, the live events are incredible. If you really want to find out what these two are about these days and uh, really get into the inner, inner world of what is it that we, we teach at our more advanced work, um, then uh, that, that's a really, really, really good place to come. If you need help with finding links for anything, you can always email support at satoriprime.com and our team is standing by to, to help you. They usually respond in under 24 hours for pretty much most or all requests unless it's the weekend, okay? Um, and if you want links for me, just let me know and we'll, we'll find our way to drop the links in the chat box here as well. Um, having said that, money. Money's fun. <laughs> it's fun when you have it. It's less fun it's when you don't have it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, it's complicated. It, uh, it, it runs so much of the show, um, unfortunately, in many ways. And, uh, or, you know, but it, it's the best means we have today, you know, to, to give value to things and to create exchange. And obviously it's, um, you know, generated much of this world. So whatever you think about money and whatever you have about money, why don't we all just take a moment and I, I invite you to drop into your body. So like bringing the awareness down from your head towards your body and just internally say the word money to yourself. No worries. Elon's got to drop out for a moment in a few minutes. So just say the word money to yourself and feel into your body. And what you're feeling into with your body is whether you're feeling contraction when you say money or whether you feel expansion. Okay. So another way, if you're less attuned to your body, it could be like, when I say money, do I feel inner worry? Or do I feel a pleasant experience of choices? Just feeling into that. And for those of you who may be in MMI and want to do a more rich deep dive, by the way, on money, we'll, we'll certainly have more of a overview energetic type of conversation. But there is another program uh, that's part of the MMI curriculum called Prime Your Abundance. That's all around money. And we go really, really deep into this discussion as well. Back. So, yep. So just feeling into it. Okay, because we want to kind of get a baseline and I'm going slow because I want you to feel how money feels in your system because often how that feels in your system is going to be a big driver in terms of what you do with it, how you feel about it, um, how it feels when you spend it or invest it somewhere. And then you want to kind of look at what typically happens for you in your relationship to money does it come easy does it come hard when it comes does it leave easy do i invest it well do i am i doing things with it that help my 
my body feel safer or do I, am I loose and fast with it and often find myself back in moments of panic with it? I've kind of been in speaking here from personal experience uh, at all those, um, you know, just our own ride and relationship with money. Right. And you probably have noticed that hopefully over the years, your relationship to money has changed, has strengthened, has become um, healthier. Yeah. Merilda saying she feels a weight in her chest. Sasha saying he's feeling flowing energy. Dan saying he's feeling both, both, not both. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel both in my system. I feel like a, a mingling of, of like the, the power that it has over us, over society, over governance. Um, you know, the things that annoy us about money or can even make us irate or, or just sick about money. And then there's the other aspects of it, right? That provide choices and experiences and goods and services and things that make our lives relatively easy in comparison to how they just were a few hundred years ago. So just to kind of get a baseline and just so let's kind of build some context around money. I'd love to just kind of get your guys's juices flowing around it as well. It's like, you know, how, how do we define money? And I don't mean in the logistical, like, you know, we exchange goods for services because it's funny. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm beginning to have this weird experience where I like, for the last few years, I don't really carry around cash anymore, which means I don't really want to carry my wallet anymore. I imagine most of you guys probably are, are in this boat too. But then like I have cash sometimes and then I'll go put someplace and I'll give them the money and they say we're cashless, right? Ever since COVID, like everything went cashless. And I'm like, so this money that's supposed to have value suddenly has no value to every, to anybody. And then you kind of get into the joke of the entire thing that you know, the, the value we give it is t- totally intrinsic because here I am holding paper that's supposed to be worth something and no like places won't take anymore. Like my local coffee shops won't take money anymore. So it's like, again, where we're putting right the intrinsic value on it. So if we, we start looking at money from the, the energetic point of view, like everything in our lives, we have an energetic relationship with it. And so what is, what is the energy of money? Like what is money actually, what's that energy provide? We know the energy of love. We know the energy of hate or anger. We know the energy of stress, but we don't, we don't often think of money as energy, but in the time where we are digitizing money and it's literally becoming nothing but zeros and ones in a computer, besides the inherent risks that that poses um, on, on society, if you haven't thought about that. Um, more than ever, money is just something, it's a belief system, right? It's a belief in value, intrinsic belief in value. But what is it that the energy of money provides to us? And I would just say, simply put, money is a magnifier. Money is a magnifier. It magnifies your ability to, to consume. It magnifies your ability to have impact. Uh, and, you know, it just it magnifies characteristic traits in people. For the most part, you know, it tends to be if you're a very generous person and you come into a lot of money, you're going to be more generous. And if you are a tight ass or kind of an asshole, then the tendency would be that that characteristic trait would grow as well when you have money. Right. So just to get a, a little bit of feedback from you guys, what are what are the common complaints 
that you have around money or common challenges that you have with money? Just want to get a little pulse in the room. So what are common complaints you have around money or common challenges that you, you find yourself dealing with with money? Yeah, so Megan was just saying, oddly, it's not tangible and doesn't actually exist now. It's a social construct, so the value exchange is open to our own design somewhat now. Yeah, probably more than ever before, right? <clears throat> so again, just curious about your, your challenges around money, questions with it. So I'll just tell you some things that I've noticed uh, for myself, um, like little games that I play with myself. Yeah, Jeanette's saying, oh, here we go. So Jeanette's saying scarcity mindset, money is hard to get and it leaves easy. Sasha, need or want more. Asha saying that people can place monetary value in people or their interactions with people. Yeah. <laughs> what is money? Uh, Dan Blackman says comes emotionally charged, right? Yeah. And I think more than just about anything in society, like most things that really matter, we spend very little time talking about them and, you know, money being such a centerpiece of, of, most of our lives, um, unless you're living off grid and farming, which would be a, a, a technical short to long-term goal for me is to, to get more autonomy in my life by doing the things that are not so distant ancestors used to do, which is provide their own food, um, have their own water, you know, ideally be able to um, have free energy and all those kind of things, all the things that we end up relying on big systems for. That ultimately kind of entrap us. I think a lot of us are kind of driving towards um, kind of more of this homesteading mentality, hopefully, and in the not too distant future, to kind of break apart some of the the non not so evenly distributed power that's happening in this world. But a lot of that that we're giving away because we don't do those things. So that's a bigger conversation. But when it comes to money, I always want to notice like how does it feel? How does it feel when it when it goes out? So just again, like when you guys sign sign for a credit card bill or pay a bill, whether it's online or tangibly, physically, I can't imagine anyone's still doing that these days, but maybe. Again, just feeling into your body. How does it feel when money is leaving your possession? Just feel into that. How does it feel when money is leaving your possession? Are you joyful about the expression? Or are you feeling, yeah, Merle is saying guilty. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, we want to be honest about this because if you're not honest about your energetic relationship to this figment of our imagination, it you will not be able to see why this system has you the way that it does. So here's some good answers. Merle, guilty. Gina, scary. Ash says it feels good to have the bills paid. Jennifer Lingo, anxiety. Sasha saying more and more fluid, abundant and generous. That's awesome. So I want to offer here a little bit of a shift. So it was a shift I had to make. Yeah, my husband instantly gets anxiety. And I was going to make a blanket statement there that may or may not be true. So I won't make it. Yeah, Natalie says, get rid of it. Yeah. Beautiful. Never enough anxiety. So I think there's a lot of anxiety in society, right? And certainly in the last few years have, have driven up that anxiety quite a bit. Um, and I would anticipate that we're not going to be seeing stability for quite some time uh, as far as economics are concerned, and things of this nature. 
could be absolutely wrong about that, but let's presume that all things being equal, things kind of stay the same or, or on the similar trajectory. That's going to kind of be how it goes for a while. So like one of the things you want to pay attention to is what does happen when an exchange takes place? You know, how how is it that I'm interacting with that particular moment? Because that particular moment when you're choosing to have money leave your possession will tell you a lot about your overall experience with money, right? So some people said guilty and anxiety and stuff, and stuff like that. And so my experience with it and having trained people around this too, is that if money is not sent away with love, that generally speaking, the hardships of money continue for quite some time. Okay, so what do I mean by that? It means that when you, when you sign for something, you can either feel the abundance of what you're acquiring. And I know when we pay the bills, we're like, well, I don't feel abundant when I pay my bills. But nonetheless, you paid that bill to a utility company, which provided electricity for you, which is giving you warmth in your house and the ability to use, you know, these these things. I'm just picked up my laptop, you know, like to, to use uh, devices that uh, entertain you and enlighten you and allow us for this kind of interaction to take place. And so we can feel either the scarcity of the money leaving or the abundance of what it's acquiring. Okay. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, how we relate to it is going to be how it relates back to us. Because if it really is now just an idea, right, at the end of the day, then your idea of it drives your relationship to it. And certainly if you think it's hard to come by, then you're going to have this experience of scarce, like a scarce resource that you don't have a lot of. And that will be true, most likely for you, right? And then you're going you're gonna to hope and pray that one day something changes or that you win the lottery. But the reality is, is that like everything else in life, the container that we provide for it will ultimately be the experience that we have for it. If we have like a very shaky container for our loving relationships, then anybody who steps in there and you haven't worked, become aware of yourself and you have all these, you know, needy, desperate parts and that's the container you have for the relationship is that relationship going to last very long right probably not right so that container really really matters if you shore that up and you get stability in your own system and you can authentically connect to people and you know you deal with disagreements in an amicable way much much more solid container much more healthy relationships right and you might think oh well i just got to find the right person for me but those parts within you are going to dictate how the relationship goes. So yeah, you might find somebody who has more stability in their system and can kind of like hold your parts better. But at the end of the day, if that keeps happening, like I know I can only speak for me, I can't be the only resource a person has in this world. Like I can't be the reason a person is happy or not happy. That's too much liability for any particular person to try to make anybody else happy because we're all still working on trying to make ourselves happy, you know, and working through our own stuff. So it's like, until you can, until you take care of home here, it's very difficult to, to give anything to anybody else. So with money, it's the same thing. Those little interactions that you have with it throughout the day. So for me, it became a daily practice that when I, when I pay a bill, when I sign a check, that I do it from a place of love. At first, it felt ridiculous. I'm like, this doesn't feel good. I'm giving away wealth. But like, but again, I look at the bigger picture. What is wealth, What is that wealth providing you? 
Okay, if you're not living on the streets, you're not in a, in a car and it's freezing cold outside. You have a roof over your head, and you know you don't have to worry about where your next meal is coming from. Yeah, you might not be crushing it, but you're you're doing better than a few generations ago who had to worry about all those things. Right? Maybe even going back to like the 50s and 60s, that was like a, a regular thing. I don't know if you guys know this, but like beef was considered a luxury item for for a very very long time. Chicken too. Right. So I imagine most of us have never had to face starvation. Um, so we need to find where we can love our experience currently, even if it's not exactly where you want it to be. But loathing in the abstinence of something or um, the scarcity or overwhelm when you go take action around money from that place. And this is the really the key, key thing here is that the energy that you create action from will also will ultimately create more of the energy. So if you are in scarcity, if you're in overwhelm, if you're in stress, and then you try to go work to generate more money, the money that you're working for will also ultimately create that same stress, overwhelm, or anxiety anyway. And please don't take it for me at face value without investigating that that that's true in your own life. You know, can I create wealth from anxiety? Probably not. Can I create wealth from overwhelm? Probably not. Can I create wealth from being constantly stressful? Probably not. You could try. You'll probably work really, really hard and you'll probably get a little bit. But again, like let's say even if a lot of money came and the container that was holding it was anxious, um, like most lottery winners, I think it's like in the 95th percentile, they end up more poor after they won the lottery within a few years. Because the container is not stable. So the energy can't be held. And that just seems to be true across the board. So I would just give you like a little quick tip here is, you know, if you're willing, next time you go sign a bill, next time you sign a check, drop into your body and feel, okay, oh, there's the anxiety about the money. And like, just take a quick moment with yourself. And like, you want to acknowledge the experience that you're actually having internally. Okay. Because to be like, ah, okay, guy told me to like, just have this loving experience with money and then you sign it and you're like, but you're, you're like pretending and now it feels disingenuous. You're actually just pointing out the anxiety in the system. So we cannot get anywhere in any sort of work as far as I'm concerned in terms of self-realization, healing work, transformative work, call it whatever you want to call it without acknowledging exactly where you are right now about the thing. You cannot beat anxiety by being more anxious about anxiety. But you have to acknowledge that, you know what, I am experiencing this anxiety. Let me see if I can relax here for a moment and let that just move through my system. And so for like five seconds of acknowledging, okay, there's anxiety there. And it's like, you know what, can I choose love? Like, I'm going to send this thing out with love. Okay. And then the other thing I, I just want to offer here that's been a major thing for me, and then I'll, Elon is back, so I'll let him uh, chime in on his own, his own spiel about this. Let me just... Uh, I don't know why it doesn't default to all these things, but I have to do it every time. Um, the other thing that I started really noticing was that try as I might, like uh, Elon's a little different than me, but I'll give you a sports example here. Like Elon and I used to play tennis um, like three days a week together um, many years ago before I moved to California. And I noticed something about myself. It was that when I was aware of the score, I couldn't play the game. Just couldn't do it. Uh, you know, I would I would tighten up, 
I would uh, berate myself from inside, um, not follow through on shots. And so it became really frustrating because, again, I just couldn't play through. I'm like, if there's just a scoreboard over there, I didn't have to keep this number in my mind. And once in a while, I can glance at it, maybe a little less tension. But for me, it was like, I don't like, I, I can't compete when something's actually at stake. It like just throws my system for a total loop. Elon's a little bit different. So I noticed that I, I, the same occurrence happens to me with money. It's like there's a bank account. There's a number in that bank account. And there's some part of me in my unconscious that is either upset or elated, depending on how big that number is. I don't even have, to be honest, a really good line on what that number is that would make that part of me calm the fuck down if there was just enough, if there was just a big enough number in there. That number might be huge. And I've played with this over the years. I'm like, is it a million? Not really. And, and here's the thing, just the same way that you're feeling into your system to find out how is it though I feel about money? How do I feel when I pay a bill, when I sign a check? It's the same thing. Like, all right, so play the game. It's like, all right, there's a million dollars in the bank. Nope, I'm collapsed. Two million dollars in the bank. Still collapsed for the most part. Three million, four million, five million. You can do this fast too, right? Have you ever seen like a mentalist work? Like they don't need a lot of information. It's very micro. Um, it's the same thing. And it's like, what what actually makes the system go, ah, okay, great. So once you have that, or at least a sense of it, here's the deal. And this is tough, but I think there's something to be said. I'm going to give this in two parts. Number one, I've noticed that I need an, I need a fund for my nervous system. Okay, so we call that the nervous system fund. And the 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 implicit responsibility of the nervous system fund is to make my nervous system feel relaxed. That's it. That's it. And I want as much capital as is necessary in there to make my nervous system feel relaxed. Why? Okay. This is not a savings account, by the way. Well, I mean, you could put it in a savings account, but it's not an account that you, it's not a rainy day fund. This is a nervous system fund. Because what I want to be able to operate from, and this is across the board and everything that we do in personal development and our relationships, because what I notice is when I'm stressed about money, it spills over into everything. It spills over into my conversation with my wife. It spills over into my the moments I have with my children. Why? Because in the background it would be this this concern that's hanging out around money, and then they're talking to me, and there's some part of me that's off in fantasy land, worried about it, or thinking about how to get more of it, or whatever it might be, and they're talking to me, and it occurs to my system like an annoyance. I'm like, leave me alone. It's like I'm like working on a problem, right, or whatever it might be, and they're talking to me, and there's a real impact on my relationships. Not what I want. So what I notice is I'm, I'm always on my best, just like with sports. I think Elon would agree when I'm relaxed. You and everybody else. Right. When I'm relaxed. So I have the most creativity. I feel uh, the most able to take action, more present in my life. There's a lot more play. Like everything I enjoy comes from this feeling of relaxation. Now, I would argue that most of us are not relaxed. Far from it. And even when we try to relax, we really can't do it because the system is so wound up. And so a lot of the teachings that we offer from MMI and then all the way into the awareness effect program is how to recondition the nervous system to be able to downregulate itself. Because stress is just part of life. Things happen that you don't expect often, right? And what we want to be able to do is to take that data, take that experience, and instead of upregulating our nervous system and getting more and more anxious and more and more afraid and more and more stressed out and 
I would offer, this is probably why people in their thirties and forties start having panic attacks after not having them. It's like this it's like plaque, it builds up in the system and anxiety keeps building. It doesn't have anywhere to go. The system can't downregulate. And eventually it's like the system just cannot handle that energy in the body without expressing it in some way. It starts, starts showing up like all these, you know, weird amalgamations that people get like in midway through life. So that's something you want to work on. And then you go, well, I don't have the money to do that. That may be true. That may not be true, but I find we kind of always live to our means. You know, if I, if I dedicate myself to putting $500 in an account every single month, then like, I'll just figure out my life. It's like that money just goes there automatically. And you know, whatever amount of money falls into your bank account, you'll figure out how to live off that money. As the money goes up, people tend to also elevate their lifestyle. Right. And it's this, this kind of constant thing. So it's like, as long as you're willing to dedicate yourself, you know, most people who, who get very wealthy say they do very boring things. You know, it's not, a, it's not sexy to get rich. It, it's a, it's a game of discipline essentially. But from, from the point of view of energetics, you got to look how to empower and better position your relationship with money. Cause I guarantee you, even if you come into a lot of money, but that's the energy you're in, you will, you will lose it very quickly. I'm speaking from personal experience, how quickly it can go out again when your system is not prepared for an influx of capital. And you, most of us have this belief that if I just had enough, I'll finally relax. And the tendency is if you have enough, you actually tend to often get more anxious about it. So the anxiety is not a direct correlation to the amount. It's just a correlation to the, your relationship with it, period. So you want to look at every single day, how do I improve my relationship to this energy, right? Again, it's not even physical. How do I improve my relationship with this thing on a daily basis and really get it to a healthy place? Bruce, you want to chime in on your, on your money conversations? Yeah, there's, there's just, uh, I, obviously, I wasn't here for uh, all of your things, so I don't know if I'll be okay. Uh, you know my thing. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be repeating certain things, but from what I've heard, um, what, what I think has made the biggest shift for me is, and, and what I see for most people that I speak to is money is an illusion and our minds have created an illusion around money as if money is this savior. It's like the end all be all. It's like, when I have it, all of these things are going to work out in my life. And I just want you to notice if you've put that kind of weight on money. It's like, when I have money, all of these problems are going to disappear. When I have money, I'll no longer feel this way. Or when I, right? And like we, we create all of these things out here as money is this ultimate thing that's going to come and save us. And the truth is, and take it for what it's worth, you know, we've, we've coached people who are close to billionaires and trust me, they have just as many problems as any of you, right? Like issues with their kids, issues with their health, issues with their businesses, issues with their spouses, like the litany of things doesn't stop. And so there's this delusion that like an importance, I guess, that if we have this thing happen, all these other things are going to magically like disappear. 
I think we do the same. We have the same delusional thinking when it comes to doing uh, coaching programs, right? Like how many of you noticed that there have been times that you've registered for a program with this notion, like once I figure this thing out, my life is going to be handled. And, you know, like the thing that I, I find uh, very interesting is, you know, people that have been doing this work with us for years and years and years, everyone hits this threshold where they're like, I'm fucking done. Like I can't do it anymore. And that doesn't matter. It's not just our work. It's like in personal development, right? Like, cause you, you put in so much time and so much effort into something and life keeps coming. Like you're never going to get yourself to a place where life is going to stop coming. This, this idea that someday you're just going to be like able to sit on the beach in this carefree place for eternity. Like guys, not happening, not, not in human form. That's the world that you come from. You don't come here to have that experience. You come here to have the entire breadth of the experiences, the, the struggle, the lack, the anger, the frustration, the sadness, the grief, the, the joy, the ecstasy, the bliss, the peace, like all of it. And so for me, the investigation was, okay, what is the delusion that I have placed on money? And for me, the way that it phrased, and again, for you, just I would just get curious, but for me, the way it phrased is like, money is going to equal security and support. That's, that's what I was going for. And so like, it was this never ending, never enough money game to like always strive to have this feeling of security and support in my life. And when we started to do the energetic work, what I realized is that I can actually learn to give myself what it is that I've put on money to give me, right? So like, see if you can track this delusion. It's like, I need to go get something out there so that I can feel secure and support in here. As if there's like some, I don't know, like slide device where I stick bills in here that, that turn into support and, and uh, you know, security. It's like, what would we like eat it? Slide, like, right? And when I realized how insane that is, it's the same thing like in relationships, right? It's like, I need to find this person so I cannot feel alone. But that person doesn't fix your feeling alone. The feeling alone is the feeling alone. Like what you get to do is actually go internal and give yourself something. And so I realized like, wait, I can meditate. I can sit with practitioners. I can sit with other people and keep sipping the energy, the frequency, the vibration of security and support. I can actually like build it from the inside. And as I built this container and started feeling more safety, more security, more support in internally, guess what happened? The external world always has to be a vibrational match to what is happening inside. 
always. It's just law. So if you're vibrating at a certain frequency, the outside world has to meet you at that frequency. So the frequency before was, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling scared, I need safety, I need support, like running out here, right? And so the world fed me that, keep running, keep going and find that mythical safety and support through money, like just keep going. And that was my world. This never ending feeling of like, it's never enough, I don't have enough, I don't feel safe, right? When I cut that and I was like, I'm not dealing with that anymore. I'm going to go internal. And I started to feed it from the inside. Then my external world started to match that. And with that came more ease, more flow, more abundance. And then money, this like number that goes up and down. Like we have moments where our bank account hit like very low numbers where we were like, couldn't even pay people in our organization. And I remember sitting in those moments and I was like, wow, I'm really like newly calm. Like this is very weird. Like I would sit there and I knew that I should be freaking the fuck out and running a million miles an hour in a million different directions to try to figure how to solve this problem. And I wasn't. And it was those moments where I was like, wow, we've really come a long way. Mm -hmm. And then this, the thing would always come like the, the, the thing to, to move you through that would just always come. And now I just have this knowing, like, it's always coming. Think about things that happen in your life where you're like, oh my God, like right at the moment where you think like it's over, I'm going to die. Like I'm not making it through this. Doesn't something always come? someone, something always shows up to like save you in a way. And so now I've just developed this trust and knowing that as long as I work on my internal system, as long as I can like leave out all this noise and actually drop deep into my system and find the parts that need to be nourished, like, like you're almost uh, watering a plant, right? And uh, I've probably shared this with you guys before, but when it rains on the desert, as people found out in Burning Man, uh, the rain doesn't go anywhere because the ground is so dry. It just literally sits on top and just pools because the land is so dry. It can't even like drink in the water. That's what's happening inside. You have these places these dry, dry places that haven't seen the energy of support, haven't seen the energy of well-being, haven't seen the energy of safety in there. And so you can only take like little sips at a time and then eventually your system just relaxes and opens and can drink more and relaxes and open and can drink more. And eventually you create, like you're watering these new sources and eventually it just drinks it in and drinks it in and drinks it in. Now it can receive more. And as it can receive more, there's just more from everywhere showing itself to you constantly. And that builds trust. That builds trust and a knowing not only of self, but of whatever this higher power is that's like working with you, this benevolent force that's really working with you. It's not against you. It's not trying to hurt you. It's not trying to abuse you. When you fight, that which is arising, right? Like, and you're in argument with it, 
then listen, like anything else, right? Force begets force. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to meet you where you're at. When you let go, and people are talking about the surrender experiment, right? Michael Singer beautifully describes this through his journey of life. It's like, as scared as you are, just you keep surrendering and you keep surrendering and just noticing the fear and feeling. And the more I created that stability, that safety and that support internally, all the stuff that I'd been working on around money just started to work itself out. So, you know, there's so many things out there like visualize this and manifest journals and vision boards and all that stuff. And like, I'm a yes to all of it. And I'm a yes to all of it from a certain internal frequency. If you're creating a vision board or a mantra or an affirmation or whatever it is, but inside there's no safety, there's no support, then the energy that you're creating, whatever this is that you're creating is from there. And you're going to manifest more and more of what you don't want because that's the energy that you're streaming into the world. So to me, the thing that's made the biggest impact is going within. Is looking at all those parts of myself that I have been trying to run from, trying to fix, trying to overcome, trying to feed from some external source. None of it. I'm telling you guys both from my personal experience and at this point, probably having coached tens of thousands, if not like a hundred thousand people, like it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And that's why like, there's a lot of books and programs and courses, but if anything is leading you out here to like change or shift something out here, it's, it's, it's moving dust from one side of the table to the next, like mm -hmm. it's still going to be dusty. Yeah. I'm going to say something that might feel mildly controversial, but it's just been an important teaching for me recently. And then it was reaffirmed. Um, I hadn't really quite settled on what, what had happened. And then I had a, uh, a, a not even a good reading, but a, a reading of human design. And the person said something right at the end. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And the, the lesson was, again, controversial. You ready for it? It was to be selfish. Just going to let that linger for a moment. Like your healing, your transformation is a fucking selfish experience. Okay. Now that doesn't make it, that doesn't mean that it removes the opportunity to be wildly selfless in the process, okay? But what I noticed for me was when I have challenges in my life, my system likes to go out there and look at how many other people my challenges are impacting. Like, like I, I have this uh, like existential liability that I hold on my shoulders for humanity. Like I just carry around the weight of the world with me, right? Everyone's pain and everyone's suffering and how me not, doing what I need to be doing or providing what I need to be providing is impacting the people around me or the, or the, the greater whole. It's kind of always been there for me. I imagine some of you guys feel this way too. 
like you're just carrying the weight, you know, the weight of the world around with you. And because of that, when I problem solve, I, I, my, my system tends to go and think about how I can come up with something that would impact a lot of people simultaneously, which is always causes more overwhelm, stress and anxiety in my system. Cause guess what? That's a lot of undue pressure on my system. Right. And Elon has, Elon has seen me go through some of the craziest spiritual angst a human being can go through, through all sorts of experiences and medicine journeys and past life stuff um, that, you know, that's, that's just been my ride. Like, you know, I know Nat has a pretty challenging ride, but that, that's how her system has chosen to learn whether she likes it or not. Right. And that's kind of the, it's kind of the point for all of us. It's like, this is how your soul has decided to learn in this lifetime. You either get to participate in that or you get to be against that. Being against it doesn't really seem to do very much except just cause more anxiety, stress, and pain in your life. So it's like at some point you just have to kind of get with the program and be like, yeah, it's, this, I'm in a challenging season in my life. This is not an easy part of it. This is what I get to learn from this time. And if you, the quicker you can get present with that, the, the smoother it'll probably get and the more it'll accelerate to the, to the finish line. But we do not seem to live in a landscape where getting around it works at all. As far as I can tell, there's only one way out, and that's through whatever it is that you're going through. So it it gets worse because it's demanding your presence. And if it doesn't receive your presence, it gets worse in order to get your presence. It's, it's easy to avoid a little cut, right? It's very hard to avoid a broken bone. And if it needs to break your bone, it's going to do that. So back to my my thing about being selfish, I realized... I always got to take care of me first because if I'm under resourced, then people around everyone around me anyway is being impacted by that. My family, my friends, my colleagues, employees, like everyone's being impacted by that. So I had this moment a few months back about, you know, something that we've been trying to solve in our company for quite some time. And it also has to do with money and a lot of other stuff. And I was like, F it. I stopped thinking about all that. And I was like, how do I just take care of me? So I get the stability that I am looking for in my life. And I had this this idea that we implemented and then quickly had this huge shift in our company that weirdly enough, by me being selfish, resolved all the other problems that were outstanding in our organization. I couldn't have planned for that. I, I, I've, I've said since then, I'm like, if I would have sat around for a year with a team of monkeys who were asking me questions to try how to solve that problem, I don't know that I would have come up with the answer. In the moment where I decided, hey, this is the most important thing is I resource myself, intrinsically started to caring, t- taking care of all these problems that I didn't even know how to solve. It was, it was like a real moment of revelation for me. And so that's why I have this like invitation to be selfish, but not like egotistical selfishness, like you're worth taking care of selfishness. Like your well-being really, really matters. And when you get into the deeper work with us and you start recognizing the organization of the intelligence of the field you start realizing your well-being really really matters because it impacts everybody around you and if you want a world that lives from safety and connection and abundance and all those things that means as a collective each individual within it needs to feel those things needs to experience those things directly and Inherently, what we find is the more people that come into awareness, the more people that self-realize, the more people that are feeling abundant or well or connected, then the people around them start 
uh, gaining from that, whether they're doing the work or not, because we're all energetically influential, all of us. If you walk into a room and you're pissed off and upset, trust me, you're impacting that room, right? Whether you're saying something or not, if you're feeling stable and connected, feeling well in your system, abundance is pouring out of you, that also is going to have an impact in that room that you're standing in. Just it's energetic influence. We can't avoid it. And so a lot of us are trying to influence the world by changing political movements or um, writing books or whatever it is that we do. And, and there's some aspect of that, that that's probably true and is probably changing something for somebody. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I like to say, I'm like, there's no law that's coming that's going to change the land. There's no president that's going to fix everything. It's crazy. We've been doing that for thousands of years. Oh, just got to get the right king in there and he'll finally be kind to all the people. How's that going? Because the law doesn't change the hearts and the minds of the people. You're always going to have people who disagree with something. I mean, somebody lovingly wrote me the other day. I posted something about um, RFK. And she's like, I really liked him until he said. And I was like, look, if your expectation is that the person that you decide to put into office or not, and this is not a statement of politics. I don't really care what your politics are or who you want in office personally. Um, but if your expectation is that you can only work with people who agree on everything that you agree, then you've got a lot of work to do. And it's not to say that there's anything wrong with you. It's just to say that's a very old model that we've tried on this planet for a long time, that everyone needs to think, feel, and act the same way. And even from sitting in your position, if that's what you've been trying to do, I just want to, I just want to offer, do you think that 8 billion people is practical? logical that at some point we're going to be on a planet where everybody thinks, acts and feels the same way. That seems insane to me. And I'm telling you, cause I lived that game too. I was like, we all got to do, we all got to feel the same. I think the same. I'm like, I, I'm, I understand that. I get it. But like, just if I pitch it that way and I contextualize that contextualize it that way, do you think that's possible? That's insane thinking. So it's not about finding people who agree with you. It's about opening yourself up to all the experiences that people are having. That is the experience that they're having. Like, I don't want Nat to have the painful experiences she's having. And those are the experiences that Nat's having. It does no good for me to sit here and tell her to have a different experience. If I work with somebody, I got to validate where they're at. Right? I got to really not, not go into their experience, but like at least empathize and be like, that is where you're at. I understand. I get that. So again, for all of us to back back full circle is like, you get the focus on you. How do I resource myself? How do I, how do I change this inner relationships that I have that are not working for me? And I'm telling you right now, the key is don't run from them. Don't even try to change them. Sit with that relationship and get intimate with it. And when you go through it and all the things that you're avoiding about it, all the things that scare you about it, all the things that make you feel stressed and overwhelmed out coming out the other end. You'll be healed for it. Andrea, Alex, Veronique, who are who are been with us for quite some time now, are saying they're all in this very um, difficult season in their lives right now, and I can understand that because I just came out of like my own big five-year kind of cycle, and it's still kind of trying to pull me back in at times to it. And you know, when I hear clients going through something like that, our students going through something like that, part of me is feeling for them and like oh that's really challenging the other part of me is really excited for them 
Because what it tells me is that they've gotten to a point in the work where they are able to look at parts that they have avoided their entire lives. And then now they have enough stability and capacity in their system to sit with some pretty intense discomfort that for your average person, they have not done the work yet to build the kind of coherence and stability that a person needs to go sit and look at that parts. That tells me that they're in a season right now that may be difficult, but they're also on the precipice of having the most liberation and freedom they've ever had in their entire lives. And that's going to go across everything in their relationships and their health and their relationship to money. Because it's like when the things of the past that terrified you so much that you wouldn't even look at them or take action in those areas are no longer running the show, you can begin to experience yourself in a way that most of us have wished we would experience ourselves our whole lives. We didn't even know what we were looking for. And then we find ourselves there and we just, we can't even believe it. No, 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 that's not at all, sweetheart. You're just having your perfect experience. I get that that's probably not always how you feel about it, but it, we don't, we, we never feel anything other than love for you, sweetheart. And yeah. where you're going. Yep. So, you know, this work, this community is about supporting you through those, those, those challenging moments. And to stop doing the work to pretend like humanity is not humanity. We are on a roller coaster ride of emotions and complex relationships and multidimensional experiences. Like that's what that's what being a human being is. We're not gonna leave this experience. So we might as well begin to participate with it in a way that makes us feel intimate with it. And that's really where, as far as I can tell, liberation comes from. And money is for many of us, a centerpiece of that. But hopefully what you took away from here is that like having more is not going to settle these parts down. You can work these parts, you know, and, and make a, quite a bit of headway with them, but it's not going to be the number in the bank account. It is always going to be, it's always going to come back to your relationship to that thing and how it feels inside. So, you know, for a lot of you guys, again, if you're doing MMI and you want access to Prime Your Abundance, just reach out to our team, support at satoriprime.com. To help you navigate towards that because there's there's actually no direct way for you guys to find that on your own um if you want to come to the live event um i'll put the button up here just for a moment as well um click add to cart you can use the coupon code in there half 50 and that will take 50 percent off the ticket you also have the right to give a ticket to a friend a colleague um or a family member if you want them to have this experience with you and we highly recommend that you do that that's why we've opened it up that way um, yeah. And so we'll see a lot of you guys on Saturday and Sunday. It's one of our favorite things to do. So we look forward to it. Um, and, uh, otherwise we'll see you back here next week. Everybody. Bye everyone. Take care. Hope that was great and useful. Thank you, dear one, for choosing to share a bit of your day with us. We value you greatly. And as a way to give back and help you to deepen these practices, we want to invite you to join our incredible community on Facebook. You can do so easily by going to joinoldsouls.com and ask for an invite. This is our private community where old souls and seekers are able to grow and share their journey with others. We hold exclusive weekly live streams, we answer your personal questions, and offer valuable insights that we won't be able to share here on the podcast. So again, just head to joinoldsouls.com and grab your invite today. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please head to iTunes and leave us a review. It's the only way other people can find this show. So if it's making a difference in your life, please share the love. 
Until we meet again, have an amazing week, dear one.